Welcome to Relationship, where real-life couple Justin and Candace share their keeping it real perspective on the ins and outs of their personal and professional experiences, navigating the ups and downs of partnerships in life and business. They will also offer practical advice for maintaining strong, healthy, fun, and successful relationships in life and business. If you're ready for comedic and insightful exploration of life, love, law, business, and everything else in between, you're in the right place. Buckle up, it's going to be a wild ride. Here are your hosts, Justin and Candace. Welcome to another episode of Relationship. I'm Justin Sorens, and that's Candace Chambron. Today, we are thrilled to have, thrilled to introduce a power duo whose shared journey takes us from boardroom strategies to intimate partnership dynamics. Danielle Jones is the formidable founder and CEO of S Group, or is it ESS? How do you guys like it? (laughs) ESS Group, Inc., with over 13 years of steering businesses with astute strategy. And Kyle Jones, with his revolutionary training programs, the COO and the innovative force who's changed the game for industry leaders worldwide. Together, they lead a flourishing business and navigate the intricate dance of life as a couple. Welcome, Danielle and Kyle, to Relationship. Great to have you both. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Well, we always like to start every podcast with asking um, the obvious question, what possessed both of you to go into business together, given that you're also partners in life like Justin and I? Because that's the number one question everybody always has. That's why we developed and went, you know, had this podcast relationship, because that is such an interesting topic for everybody. What would ever possess partners in life to also be partners in business. So, so Kyle, do you want to take that or you want me to? Nope. Not <laughs> okay. So what possessed, actually, you know, it was second nature. And honestly, I didn't think much about it. It just seemed like this is what needed to be done. Um, I already had my business, um, uh, just dealing with um, consulting and government contracting. And then Kyle one day asked me, well, why don't you just uh, uh, contract directly with the government? And I'm like, well, I don't really have necessarily a service. I just really understand the business and the industry. So I know how to navigate it for other people. And he was like, you know, well, that's what I do. And I'm like, well, you know, I think that could be a good transition. It wasn't that simple. I mean, obviously there was a lot of, you know, conversation in and out behind sight. It just seemed like, okay, I didn't think about it. I wanted to go into contracting. He wanted to do it. We had a skill set that we each possessed and we just, I didn't, we just did it, honestly. Well, take it. Let's take a step back for a second. Were you, you guys were together first before going into business with each other, correct? Yes. Okay. How long were you guys together before you decide to take this plunge? Yeah. It was not long. Not long at all. Um, what, a we couple of months? We've been together a year. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't even a whole year. So tell us first a little bit about ESS Group. And then we're going to, you know, kind of dial it back a little bit and getting into the nitty gritty about all the the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything else in between of ESS Group as far as you guys kind of working out your kinks staying in your lanes, all those interesting things that everybody wants to know when it comes to partnerships and business. Okay. So tell everybody, let's, let's, let's do a plug on ESS group. What does ESS group do? 
So um, ESS Group, we are um, government contractors, essentially, but we also contract with the private sector. Um, our staple is leadership training and workforce development. Um, however, we do focus on program management uh, where we do go in and we manage multiple projects for large corporations in the private sector or for government entities. Um, and we do a component of project management, but we really like to tackle on the whole program where we um, really make it easy for companies or agencies to manage multiple grants, multiple programs. Um, Kyle, he is our our, um, our guru when it comes to the training space. And so that's how we, there's a long story behind that, I guess we'll get into it, but um, that's how we end up really focusing in on the training. So my background is really with program management and government contracting, and Kyle's is with the uh, training, leadership development, and uh, workforce development. And what type of let's, for example, what is a typical government contract that you guys would be brought in to consult on or, or something not, obviously not a classified project, but like, you know, generally speaking, what, what type of um, projects do you work on for the government? Yes. Anyone who's looking for there's actually. Uh, acquisitions that will say leadership training. They want you to come in and either consult on what it would look like to build out a training program for them, whether it's in the DEIA space, whether it's any type of workforce development or um, help me out. What's the one? <laughs> uh, DISC, I'm sorry, uh, disassessments um, and actually training on disassessments, things of that sort. So they will go, they will hire outside consultant to come in and either consult on how to build out those programs or they just want you to do it entirely, meaning you have the complete staff, you know, the program materials and, you know, everything schedule, everything set out. And we would do that. So that will be typical. Mm -hmm. However, we do have, again, program management where we will go into and this is where we currently have here in the United States is there's multiple grants that need to be managed. You know, who are going to be the coaches on the grants? How's the money going to be dispersed? What are the programs scheduling? And we will come in and manage multiple um, programs and make sure each one of those programs are all aligning with the company's or the agency's goals. So, well, let me ask you, because, okay, because that seems like such a, a very, very specialized niche really in, in any and all industries, right? Like what you guys do is such a specialized area. How did you guys, like, you you know, Kyle, you were saying earlier that, you know, you were asking Danielle and, and, and you were like, well, wait a second, we kind of do, you know, the same thing. So let's, let's kind of partner up. What was it like, what did you identify as being the thing that you thought, aha, Let's do this together. Okay. So I'll jump in there. Um, there. There's a little bit more to the story. So can you hear me okay? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. So Danielle, again, is is a really a great uh, in that government space, right? I knew nothing about it. My background was training and development, people development, et cetera. And I was doing executive coaching at the time. And so I had my own company that was separate from what she was doing. We were building out two separate businesses. Got it. She was working in her space and I was working in mine. And of course, uh, right around COVID, we were all packed together and we had started having conversations around um, maybe possibly making some pivots because there were some changes in the government space that were happening. There were changes with executive coaching and learning development people like getting with those. That was a, a big 
the, the virtual space is becoming larger. And so we had a conversation around her saying uh, she really didn't have a product or a service to offer. She had typically just managed other people and helped other people to become successful. Well, I threw out the suggestion, maybe we should work together because I do have a product, I do have a service, and I'm very familiar with the space. I had been in the training and development area for about two decades. So I'm very familiar with it. And looking at what was out there in the field, and we're like, okay, there are a lot of people asking for these things, especially with the transition from people going into the office to being more remote. And it was like, whoa, okay, this is big. Um, and so we were like, okay, well, what could we do here? And so we came up and we had conversations. We did our whole whiteboard session and, you know, she had a strength in one area. I had a strength in another area and we completely complemented each other in the places where we had opportunities for growth. And I think that was the real draw to look at where I was, I was blindside. If you, if, if I was blind in one area, she could see clearly. And that is really what kind of drew us. And we had some concerns up front. We were like, um, I don't know, this is scary, right? Because we had typically taken care of ourselves and we were, you know, we had our own quote unquote babies. Right. And um, we just decided, you know what, this makes sense. Uh, we put our own documentation in place, obviously to protect ourselves. And um, we decided to hit the go button and, and put some plans in place and then we went for it. And so that's kind of how, it really transitioned, honestly. It wasn't like one big one big thing. Well, I find your story interesting because, you know, usually when we've interviewed and 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 in just in our own story, when we've interviewed a lot of couples that decided to go into business together, they typically will it's a scenario where they've been together for, you know, whether it's seven years or several years, been married or whatever. You guys were only together, I think you said, for maybe a year, a year or less before you guys decided to take the plunge. Because you were together for relatively a short amount of time in relation to compared to a lot of other people that we've interviewed, did you find that figuring out that each person's strengths was the other person's weakness and that you guys complemented each other. Did that discovery happen sooner or later in the process? I think it happened sooner. However, it still wasn't the easiest transition, um, like Kyle said. I think fortunately for us, we were both at a space where we saw things clearly and we both had a clear end in mind that aligned. So even though we may have had our differences on how we go about doing things, we did recognize that in this space, if I was to move forward with this new initiative, I needed Kyle, right? Because again, I was good in my space. I was good at program management, consulting. I understood, understood, excuse me, how to navigate the government space. And he didn't understand that, right? right. He knew training. And so we had times where we both were speaking literally a different language in the same room. Kyle will speak training jargon. I'm like, whatever you said, just put it on paper. I'll type it up and I'll send it. And then I'll start talking about our business strategy. And he's like, whatever you just said, I have no idea. It was like speaking a foreign language. So I think because when we decided to press the go button, we literally needed each other to make this, this work. 
if if I'm answering your question, I'm probably well, what was what was the challenge? And I and I really want you to get raw because you know we discussed a little bit about this before we we started uh, the record button with you guys. You know what relationship or what I what I wanted relationship to be is you know as professionals we all are bombarded with a lot of stories, articles, we read a bunch of things, business books, all these things. And I, the, the thing that I saw that was missing in all of the resources that we all have access to with the advent of the internet, and there's a millions of, of books about business and entrepreneurship and, and partnerships. But what I never get is the how and the why and the what really, really happened. You always want to know the backstory. And so I want you guys to tell the audience, what were the struggles? Because there's, you know, you have to imagine that the people that are probably listening, you know, listening to this podcast and understanding what relationship is about is, okay, can I identify myself with what I'm hearing? And do I want, do I see either something similar that I can gravitate towards to figure out, is this something I want to personally do maybe with my husband or my boyfriend or, or significant other? So tell the audience, I really want to know, like, what were your struggles? Like, what did you guys find? When you hit that go button, like, what happened? Clearly, like, at least in my business, it hasn't been smooth sailing since I pressed the go button. Right. Like, and we wanted to, like... And we're 11 years later now. Yeah, we so. strangle each other. I always tell people I wanted to gouge his eyes out with a spoon. Whatever was the most painful way, because I was just that frustrated, right? right. So and, and just to give you a little aside, just to show you how bad it was. <laughs> so we had rented space in some office, but I could only afford at that time, like one office in that suite that I was renting in. So we sat at a normal desk. I was on one side, she was on the other with a phone in the middle. And that's how we started. Mm. Okay. So just picture, and then we lived an hour and a half away from where we were working at that time. And then we'd have to drive home together too. So you're staring at each other across the desk all day mm. and you're trying to get things to work. And then you got to drive home in traffic as well. <laughs> And um, she likes to talk about work. And then eat dinner together, right? And then <laughs> Exactly. So somehow somehow we have to shut it off at some point, but it, it's always been tough to. So Ted, tell us, well, what's, what's it been like? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that. On. I know we have two different things, but I'll let Kyle start. <laughs> yeah, so, and it's funny. I, I was going to jump out there because I'll tell you, like, I get that part, right? That, that toughness where you've got to figure out where the balance is between work and life. And I don't. I think one of the biggest struggles we had, we we focus on our business a lot. We'll work and we'll grind and we spend hours, right? And so one of the biggest challenges was trying to figure out when do we need to cut this thing off? So we came up with some set rules, right? One, we don't discuss business at the dinner table. Family time is family time and that's it, right? Um, and we don't bring electronics into the bedroom, for example, right? There's, there's no work to be done in the bedroom. That's a sacred place. Everything got to be outside. But outside of that, I'm going to tell you that the challenges were communication because I did things one way and she did things another way. But good thing is I'm very worse. I, I, has you ever, ever heard of DISC, the personality assessment? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm a certified facilitator in that. So I have the advantage of understanding most people, right? And how to communicate in the workplace and be efficient in these things. And yet it was still a challenge, even knowing what I knew. So that when you ask what the challenges were, Danielle's saying one thing, but I'm not getting it. 
or I'm not delivering it the way that she feels like she needs it and vice versa, because I'm a very detail in the weeds type of person, you know, process oriented, Danielle's an overarching big picture. Let's just go. Right. So I get stuck in an, an analysis saying, hold on, pause. I might move too slow for her. And she's like, just go, go, go. And I'm like, wait a minute. Let me hold the reins for a second. We're about to go over a cliff. And so that <laughs> presented a huge challenge because she wanted to run so, so fast. And I was like running way too slow. And so we had to really find a big, big balance there in order to move the company forward and still get things that we set out, you know, our goals accomplished in an adequate time frame. So I'll pause. How did you do that? Because that's because you probably identified the number one challenge that most partners have, right? It's the communication style, one pick, one person. And that's, and that's where the great compliment is. One person always has to be, well, not always, I, I hate talking in, in definitives, but one person should be the big thinker and the other person should have, you know, more attention to detail, the process person. So assuming that most or majority of the people out there that are in the same situation have that same challenge, what can you share with them as to how it is that you ended up figuring out the the best way to deal with that challenge to move forward? I'll add one piece and I'm going to give it to you, Danielle. (laughs) Danielle's very direct. And she said, we need to sit down and we need to talk about this because if we keep going the way we're going, we're not going to get anywhere. And so we had a very intense, direct conversation respectfully. You know, I I sat and listened to her side. I reiterated back to her what I felt like she was saying to me. She either confirmed or denied, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's it or that's not it. Once we clear that up, you know, I, I worked to understand her perspective first, right? And then she worked to understand what I needed afterwards. And by sitting and having that really tough conversation, and, in, and I say conversation, I mean conversations. Yeah. We had several conversations to, it's almost like being, you know, having a child. You got to repeat yourself over and over again because nobody's going to change overnight because that's the way they do things. And so it took several conversations to get us to the point where, um, one, we trusted each other enough to handle it and then set ourselves in our roles. So if we're going to recommend something, the first thing is you have to have a really candid, honest conversation and figure out what your roles are. And then you work to stay in those roles based on your expertise. And then I also came up with our superpowers. We defined what we were really strong at. And so we focus solely on those top three things. If we stray outside of those things, we kick each other back. Nope. Uh-uh. Get back over there. Right. But then you must face. But yeah, no, what he said, it was a lot of conversations and I am very, very direct. I do hit things head on. So it'd be in the midst of a situation and I don't see it going or it's not moving the way. Like, did you get that email? Like, you know, like, it's like, you know, you very, you know, immediate. But one thing that we do and we incorporate this both in our personal relationship and our business relationship is that we don't point fingers and we really are particular about being, um, you know, kind of like accusing someone of being a certain type of way. So when I approach conversations, I normally approach it from Kyle. What do you really want out of this? Or, you know, what is your vision in it? What how do you feel like we can move this forward? Because I'm going to tell you what. 
what I feel, right? So I'm gonna let you go first and I'm gonna tell you what I see and I'm gonna have to see if we align. And we did that from the beginning, even in our relationship before we even got together. It was, Kyle was like, you ask a lot of questions. And I'm like, I do because I'm, I'm getting older and I don't wanna waste my time. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked, like, and she, and she has a clipboard there with the check boxes. No, that was <laughs> literally the whole session of twenty-one questions. You know, like, let me just make sure this is where I'm at. Where are you at? Does it align? Does it not? You know, that type thing. And so we did. We did that in our person. I also do that in business too. So it's um, when you know, there's whatever the situation is, and I. Like Kyle says, it's not moving fast enough, but we do move at different paces, which is a good thing, because um, sometimes I do move too fast and it could be a lot of old crap moments, you know, because I don't see it. And I'm just like, I just want it. All I know is if I can just jump the bridge or jump the river without the bridge, you know, I'll get it. And Kyle will, you know, hold back. And it's like, man, I'm so glad you stopped me because I didn't see that. And there's oftentimes that Kyle will say, man, I'm really glad that you pushed that because I probably would not have pushed myself or, you know, pushed the business to do that. And it took us to new levels, but our issue, or I wouldn't say issue, but our biggest thing was balance. When is it okay to go too fast? And when is it okay to slow down? But yeah, we, we try not to accuse. And even when Kyle approaches me, he knows how I am too. He mm-hmm. like has a little deep breath. So I know when it's about to be a, a deep conversation and then start asking me about what my vision is. And then I will tell him, and then he will, he has nice ways to caress on if I'm doing things wrong if I said something wrong or whatever the case may be. And, um, but I think respect is key for our personal relationship and respect is key um, for our business relationship, respecting our differences, accepting each other for who we are. I cannot change Kyle. He's going to be analytical and he cannot change me. I'm going to be, you know, that, that D in the dispersonality, you know, very overt and, um, for lack of better words, pushing. So we can't change, but we do have to respect each other's space. So even sometimes where I feel it coming, like, oh my gosh, I feel it. Oh, it's not moving at the pace I want, but I, I'm trusting the process. And a lot of times I have to sit back, take a couple of breathers, breathers and trust the process and let him do his thing. And it works out and, and vice versa. We have to force ourselves to sometimes keep our mouth shut and let the other do what they need to do. But it takes practice. It takes practice. I think on top of that, what Danielle's saying is when we ask how, right, we have weekly meetings where we discuss those things that are really important. And the focus and this, she figures out, hey, this is what I need to do. And this is what, you know, I'll say what I need to do is she'll say what she feels like she needs to do. And then we'll look at our end goal and go, okay, well, does this make sense overall? What are we really trying to accomplish here? And again, just going back to those those real raw conversations. And once you once you've been around each other for a little while, you begin to have those conversations get a little bit more raw, raw and open and honest. But I will say again, if you if you don't have the opportunity to have real honest conversations with your partner, business is not going to make it better. It's going to make it harder. Right, hundred so percent. You got to you got to have your your personal relationship in order first. And if you if a person if a couple's having a very tough time just communicating individually, they fight a lot. Um, if they you know I'll say if they have intense fellowships, if they have those a lot, right? Where there's no resolve and there's there's a lot of ego in the midst of it, right? It's like it's even subconscious ego or unconscious, right? Uh, if there's a lot of that in the mix, adding business to it, I would not recommend. Get those relationships 
relationships in order first where there's a lot of respect there it's healthy um you you look out for one another you understand one another as best as possible and then make a decision to go into business because you're going to have to put this framework around what you do right, right. there's got to be the balance there's got to be boundaries and those things have to some things overlap like that respect right but then some things have to be separated and you have to have those ground rules or it becomes very, very, very tough to operate in business together. Oh my God. You guys sound so healthy compared to me and Justin. It was a shit show for several years and both of us being unkind and kind in the Mm. ways that we communicated. But what we have discovered though, is in the 17 years that we've been together, that part of the time that we've been together is feel is the good thing is that we were always communicating, whether we were communicating in a healthy way or not, we were still communicating. She's a communicator. And yes. So <laughs> <laughs> so part of part of the evolution is for us at least was learning how to communicate in a healthier way. So, because we realized that we really had a lot of respect for each other, but we were just, our communication styles were just so different. And so for me, you know, it's really nice when I, when I talk to, you know, a couple who is in partners in both life and and in business, you guys really have such a high emotional quotient. My question is, is there anything in in your journey so far that hasn't been easy for you to yet figure out that you guys are still struggling with that, you know, even though as based upon what you guys, the skill sets that you guys brought in this into this together um, and really understanding great leadership because of your backgrounds and really learning how to communicate in a really healthy way because the truth is that not everybody comes with both of your skill sets and sometimes it does look a little bit more like Justin and I where it is a huge shit show and we were fighting all the time and now the fights are so far less obviously you know we've been together for 17 years we have a son together we've you know so are there things that you guys still find as a challenge as we sit here today that, that you can't say to me, no, we got, we figured it all out because, you know, like, are there things that you guys really just haven't gotten yet? Like, what are your challenges that you still work on right now? Yeah, I'll jump out there. I think one of the challenges that we are still working through um, deals with the scaling up and the growth of the business as a whole. And that incorporates managing other people. Yep. And we have two different management styles. And so tell me what they are. Tell me what yours is and then tell me what Danielle yeah, is. I feel like I feel like there may be a commonality here. Um uh, on, on I think I think we have a combination, right? So you would you would think Daniel's very hands-on, right? Uh, but when it comes to managing people, she's she inspects what she expects and kind of pulls back um to let allow people to just operate in their own way. Sometimes I uh, can get too far in the weeds in what other people are doing, right? Versus allowing experts to be those experts and getting out of the way, right? And so it may present a challenge there to where we have somebody who really needs that autonomy and I might be in their face too much, right? And I have to be conscious of, okay, wait, and Danielle go, leave her alone. She's good. 
or leave him alone. She's good. And I'll go. Someone's a micromanager. Right. Well, so I wouldn't necessarily classify it as a micromanagement. Okay. It's it's like, well, maybe, maybe part-time micromanagement, right? Because there we go. It's it's I get concerned sometimes when I don't see what I think I should see. Right. Yeah, that's because you have a pulse on it. Like it for me, I'm a micromanager because every role in my law firm or law firm I have done. I've been a file clerk. I've been the paralegal. I've been the litigation assistant that sketch. I did it all. And so when you have done it all, you already have that point of reference and that perspective. So for me, I'm always like, wait a second, I did this and I did this, you know, this quickly and this efficiently. And therefore I find this suspect. Why is it taking so long? What is the person? And I'll I'll be like, Tanya you sent the email an hour ago. Maybe they had a conversation. <laughs> they so like, maybe, maybe they're having a sandwich. Like, I, 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 I get, maybe they like, haven't seen. Maybe they were on lunch. They haven't yeah. seen them yet. It's, yeah, it's good yeah. that you say that because I honestly think Kyle has that backwards. I, I, uh, I don't. I would no, think you I were chomping at like, the bit to speak, Danielle. She's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I, I don't think I'm not agree with this Actually, had conversations on a personal level of how he said, you know, I'm I'm too hands-on. Like, for example, you're like, what if we took a vacation and you just leave your phones and don't check anything? And I'm like, that's not possible for me. You know what I mean? I said, if I'm running yeah. business, my business is my responsibility at all times. Now, am I going to be micromanaging them? Like, did you, did you, did you? No, it might not be the same capacity, but I will be doing follow-ups. If there's something was supposed to be done on a Thursday and I'm still out of town, I'm going to ensure because my name is behind it that it right. was done, but I'm not going to immerse myself in business on vacation. And you disagreed with me. You was like, Danielle, you need to learn how to trust people to be in their way. I'm like, I trust them to get to Thursday. <laughs> but when I want to be able to expect the end result again, because that is the role that I have moved up into. Yes, I'm not in the weeds, but I am. I still have to play a role in the company. So for you to say that, I was like, that's a little different because just even before we got on this call, things weren't going the way I wanted to go on a certain project. And I was like, see, as soon as I pull away, this isn't done. This isn't done. Not with him. It's just, it's with something else, not right. between me and him. And I'm like, see, if I don't, I was away for a week and I come back and the whole schedule's messed up. So I am more of, I need to keep my fingers on it. I have to, because again, it's as a program manager, you have to know all things that are happening. Right. You let yourself go for one week. So many things happen in a week. And so I do become someone said it. It was one of our colleagues said it the best. You become a professional nagger. You're the one always calling. Did you send the emails, you know, checking up on people. And a lot of times you're checking up on execs or, you know, um, people who are in a higher level who don't really like to be managed because you're an outside person coming into a company and they're like, don't manage me. You know, I'm, you know, senior. <laughs> but, but you're there for a reason to manage them. Yeah, so- to manage and you're managing them. They typically don't like that. So someone had one of our colleagues said the best you become a professional nagger. So Kyle, on the flip side, I thought, excuse me, I thought was a little bit more laid back because just typically in his role, you can be a little bit more hands off. Once you train the trainer or so forth, you normally have your meeting set up and you can be more trustworthy of I hired the expert to do what they need to do. And I don't need to check themselves first, I think. Right. Right. 
Like right. you're, you're, you're not, you don't, you don't come with an automatic level of trust with any of your team members. And so part of the journey is, you know, I, 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 I'm the same way as what you're describing. I, I may hire somebody. And for me, you could give anybody as many disc assessments as you possibly can. That at the end of the day, I've done a million tests on, on people, on hires, and it never tells me work ethic. It never tells me grit. It might give me certain personality styles, and maybe it might help in the way that I communicate, but it still doesn't identify somebody's work ethic and grit, which is what I care about. And so that's always been the tough thing for me. I don't know if that's something that is really tough for you guys, um, but that's what's tricky to me about, about you know, team members and managing team members. Well, I think to that point, you know, there, I don't think there's an assessment out there that'll tell you the work ethic behind somebody, right? Right, they can right. You, they can, you can find out their core values, but honestly, want, this is one thing I te- train leaders on. Mo- entrepreneurs suck at hiring, right? We are terrible. We're terrible at recruiting. Horrible. Terrible at hiring, right? Um, and the reason why that is because we all think we want somebody just like us. It doesn't work that way. And so if we put in the proper processes and recruitment efforts, then we can mitigate some of those um, hiring uh, fumbles, if we will. Right. And that's a whole nother that's a whole nother training, a whole nother story. Right. So to be fair, let me let me clarify. Right. Danielle's right. But where whereas um, I'm, I'm referring to. I look at a lot of processes more often, right? And so I'll look at the way somebody's doing something and go, well, that's not really efficient, right? And instead of letting them figure out on their own, I'll start putting those things in place and go, hey, one, two, three, four, five, right? And sometimes that works and sometimes it can be a hindrance because as we continue to grow and scale, I'm going to have to trust, I'm going to train somebody else to get into those positions to be able to do that. Right. You know, uh, so I think that's where I kind of get in the weeds. Well, maybe I'm wrong. You know, I usually am. <laughs> so what has been so how long have you guys been in business together? Oh, goodness. Three years. Yeah. Together. Three years together. Seven overall. But three years with ESS group. Yeah, we merged three years ago. Got it. What would you say is the number one lesson learned or take away that you guys have, you know, taken within your partnership thus far? Like what's been the biggest lesson learned that you can share with everybody at this juncture of your, of your partnership and business? And it might even be, it might even be the same lesson learned in your personal life. You know, sometimes we've interviewed uh, partners that, you know, they're like the life lessons or are the same as our business lessons that we've learned so far. Well, I'll go out there. I think for me, the biggest lesson was be patient. That's We've so, heard that a lot. We've totally yeah. heard that a lot. Patience is is key um, if you're going to make it. Because oftentimes, you, you, you know, I know it's dual effort, but a lot of times we just feel like we should be further than where we are. And learning the lessons and, and digging in and trying to be, you know, what we think we're supposed to be, it just takes time. Right. Especially if you have to make pivots based on environmental factors, uh, financial factors, you know, what's available, resources, et cetera. And learning how to pivot together takes patience. Right. And so well said. I like that. 
Yeah. What about for you, Danielle? Um, no, I agree with Kyle. It is a lot of patients that struggle with the patience part. And sometimes he has to remind us about how far we can. And I have friends that are like, oh my gosh, you're doing all this, but you're in it. You don't necessarily see it from the vantage point of other people. It's like, yeah, but I'm not where I want to be, you know? So right. patience is a huge thing. I would say, um, the biggest thing or takeaway, even for, uh, just in speaking in general for couples is really keep it separate. You know, we did have to learn that. And that was, actually, that was something I told Kyle when we first decided to go in business. I said, I don't want a relationship around business. I don't want to talk about business all the time. If we're going to do this, I still want to be with you. I still want to date. I still want to, you know, I don't want to be immersed in my job. 24 seven. And so, you know, and he agreed and you, that takes a lot of conscious effort because there's so many things happening. We do international business. So we make it emails, you know, midnight, you know, the first thing we think about is, oh my gosh, you, you run into business. So this is going to sound cheesy and Kyle, hopefully I'm not putting you out. We love cheesy though. I am the type that will wake up every morning and I will give him a hug and a kiss and say good morning. And I will start my day off on a personal level, no matter what email, phone call or whatever. And we have done that since really day one, because that's just that's how I was with him before. And I never let the business come in between our personal rituals. We still have dinner as a family. We will not talk about business at the table if we're on vacation Better not talk about it unless it's an important email. If we're out on a date and it's like, oh, did you see that? Uh-uh. We stop each other. As hard as it is, we have to make a conscious effort to constantly keep our business separate from our personal life. And I think that's kind of like advice I would give someone. That's <laughs> it's tough, though. That's really tough. tough. Because we still haven't been able to really shut that part off because he can't I try I can't because I I'm 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 so in it I'm I'm obsessive about it I'm so passionate about it that it it keeps me up at night like I you know so I agree that that is really really important because that is something that we still struggle with a lot and it's challenging, but we, it's very challenging. we both have to be on the same page because very much there's times where something's very pressing for me and Kyle's yeah. like, no. And I'm like, I can't, you know, so we stick strong to it. So even if he says no, it's like you sit in the car and you're like, dang it. And you just learn to forget about it until you can talk about it. And there's yeah. times if we're out taking a hike or something somewhere and Kyle, we're in, you know, enjoying the tranquility of, you know, nature. And then he's bringing up business. I'm like, Mm-mm, not right now. And he's like, oh. so we, it, you know, it's, it's hard, but mm-hmm. you have to. <laughs> Yeah, you have to you have to force yourself to do that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come easily. It doesn't. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add to that just real quick. Um, the 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 one thing that helped me with this concept, I think, helped us. Um, Darren Hardy is one of my mentors. I don't know if you know who he is. Um, he used to be the uh, editor in chief of Success Magazine. He mentors a lot of CEOs around the world, right? Um, so Darren Hardy is one of my mentors, and he told this story about his dad's um, his dad's mentor, who was really successful in real estate, had all the houses, all the cars, you know, the boats, everything, just a lot of money, very wealthy guy. And he was on his deathbed, and and his dad's mentor pulls him to the side and says these words to him. He says, "Darren, don't miss the point." And of course, Darren didn't understand at the time. He said, "Darren, don't miss the point." 
And what he came to understand what, what he was talking about was don't miss the point of life. I had the cars, I had the houses, I had all this fancy stuff, and yet nobody's here except for you. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm Mentee's son. My family's not around. And for me, that just rung all kinds of bells. I don't want to get to the end of my life having leaned my ladder of success up against the wrong building. Wouldn't it success if you climb that? Wouldn't it suck if you climb that ladder and you realize it was the wrong place and you had no business being there in the first place? Yeah. And I think it's really important for people not to miss the point because there are going to be times where you have ample opportunity to make a lot of money. You have all these cars. But here's the thing. Those houses, they get older. You got to repair them. Those cars, they rust, they fade, they go away. I have yet to see a dollar bill hold anybody on their deathbed, right? Or as they call it, a ghost of pockets. So for me or us, we go, what's the primary really here? And I think it's to just be there for each other in some capacity. Yes, we love business. Yes, we love doing what we do. But if we don't keep each other enough to stop that, then that's a problem we really need to address because that's a trauma we have yet to stare in the face. So... That's powerful. I love that. And I love ending on powerful stuff. I really, I really appreciate that because that just, you know, like I kind of have like, yeah, same. I've been just like thinking about things like, and thinking about a different perspective a little bit. And thank you. I mean, that was really, really powerful. And uh, it's been really a pleasure having you guys on today. Um, Really. Thank you for your time. But what we forgot to ask you is, can you please tell the audience, how do they find you? Yes. How do they find ESS Group? Uh, I'll jump out. They they can find us on our website, ESSGroupinc.net. Okay. Um, they can find us on Twitter. I think it's like ESS Group Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on Instagram, Instagram rather, ESS Group Inc. And so, and we're on LinkedIn, ESS Group Inc. It's not hard to find. <laughs> just type in the name and you'll pretty much find one of our social media sites or you'll find our website. We also have our academy. We teach, um, uh, we mentor a few people in our contracting space, and that's ESSacademy.net. So, we've got a couple of ways you can find us, or you can reach out to us at info at ESSGroupinc.net. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you both of you so much for your time. That's another episode of Relationship. Thank you. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Don't miss next week's episode for more relatable, real, and practical insights from Relationship, packed with even more candid conversations. So make sure to subscribe, tune in, and keep your wine glass full. And if you want to share your own experience or ask a question, follow us on social media and feel free to reach out. Go to CernitzLaw.com, call 888-68-DAMAGE, or email us at cshanbron at CernitzLaw.com or jcernitz at CernitzLaw.com.